guys, this is Leva Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Steve Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCalVal. And we are the Ugly Ducklings. And you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin Show. And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 109 of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. 109, Daron Beasley. We're chugging along here. We got that hashtag Wrestle News and hashtag Wrestle Views. And hashtag Chuggalug, Chuggalug. <laughs> That's right, folks. Uh, Darren, obviously, in high spirits. I'm in high spirits myself. Darren... I'm high on spirits. Whoa, there you That's go. That's not true. There is no alcohol in this Coca Cola, it is straight Coke. Uh, you could call me a cokehead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here, but uh, that does remind me very quickly. Uh, <laughs> not, not to get derailed immediately. Immediately. But it tends to uh, be what happens here on the uh, whole ref and show. The only podcast that will derail immediately. Um, when, when you say spirits, it reminds me of the uh, the song Hotel California by the Eagles. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the line. Uh, we haven't had that spirit here since 1969, yeah? Please sure. bring me my wine. Wine sure. is not a spirit. That's true. Oh, the song is wrong. The Eagles were bad. It's creative license. I know, it's I It's artistic know. license. But it is interesting to think about. Hey, you know what? You know what? I have a question. And this is a grammar question. This is a linguistics is podcast. Is it a, a, a question for uh, Kelsey Grammar? It's... Uh, Sure. Is it grammar time? He might. It, I tell you this much: if Kelsey Grammar couldn't answer this question, he'd sound great not answering it. <laughs> That's true. He That's just true. sounds like a smart and wise person. Sure. Because he is Frazier. He is Frazier. That's he, the problem. Sure. Uh, this is what I would ask Kelsey Grammar or anyone who's listening. All right. So, Chris Jericho. See, it is about wrestling. Chris Jericho is the only person, other than somebody just being purely silly, that will actually, that, the way he says the word again, yeah, like that. What I don't understand is why consistently, in poetry and in song, is the word again always rhymed with words that have a-I-N, but are pronounced ain. Not, and and my, my point is, they don't, they don't do it because they say, again. Like, oh, I'm in pain again. They don't say, oh, I'm in pain again. That's true. It's not a slant rhyme. It's not an exact rhyme, although it could be. They, but what my point is, they go out of their way to make it a rhyme that's not a rhyme. That's fair. Why do they do that? I, I don't know, Darren. I, I think there's no... a better way to ask that question, but I really need an answer. <laughs> so get on it. I'm going to get on that. Uh, I'm going to get on that. I'm going to find the hot scoops when it comes to answering your questions, Darren. But uh, speaking of hot scoops, 
we got a couple hot scoops for today's episode. Uh, unfortunately, we have lost someone, a uh, WWF. I'm going to say F because, damn it, he wrestled during the WWF days. Uh, legend, a, uh, one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the great tag teams from yesteryear. Uh, one half of the British Bulldogs Dynamite Kid did pass away. We're going to talk about that. Uh, also, we have a, a wrestler who is uh, retiring Retiring, a former ECW champ, a former TNA champ, has announced his retirement uh, from the squared circle. Very sad to see him go. And we have some updates concerning the XFL. Vince McMahon's baby that died died a horrible, suffocating death. And apparently it's been resuscitated and it's making a comeback, folks. And we're going to give the very latest on the XFL because, damn it, he's going to succeed somehow. Uh, that's very interesting. Um, and also... Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he will. He's going to try that's to succeed. That's yet to be seen. Uh, 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 something you'll hear later on the episode. A chance for a chance, Darren. Ah, uh, that's everybody right. loves a chance for a chance. That's right. Because this Sunday is, of course, Fest Wrestling Pickle in the Tree 3. And we're going to talk all about it with our good friend and one half of the commentary team, Mr. Rich Bokini, who's on the show today. Uh, the Pickle 3 is a mega card. It's got some insane matchups. Uh, the Pickle the Tree match itself uh, is, is going to be something to watch for show. It's going to be insane. It is insane. Yeah, we're going to talk all about that later on with our good friend Rich Bokini. But until then, we got to, of course, talk about them. Headlines! The whole reference show has to send out an RIP to the Dynamite Kid. Tom Billington has passed away at the age of 60. Tom Billington, of course, known, much better known, as the Dynamite Kid, which is a great name. It's oh, of an course. excellent wrestling name. Uh, and that's why he was only ever known as the Dynamite Kid. Nobody knows who Tom Billington is, right? But everybody knows who Tom, the Dynamite Kid is. Uh, unfortunately, has passed away at the age of 60. He has dealt with health issues for the better part of... Four decades. Uh, It's been a while. uh, Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, one half of WWF tag team, the British Bulldogs, tagging with Davey Boy Smith, who himself uh, has passed years ago. Uh, The Dynamite Kid, in 1986, broke his back in a match at Madison Square Garden, and people thought he would not walk again. In uh, 1997, he lost complete uh, feeling and mobility in one leg. Uh, Doctors said he would never walk again. Uh, And for the most part, he hasn't. He has been wheelchair-bound for about 20 years or so. Unfortunately, he passes away on his birthday. And that's just one of those unfortunate circumstances that you hear about every now and then. And uh, You know, it's, it's not... I don't know. It's, it's kind of a strange thing when that happens. I mean, what are the chances? You know, one out of three hundred sixty-five. One out of three hundred sixty-five. Yeah. But um, at the same time, uh, I don't know. It's also kind of neat in a weird way. It seems sad when you first think about it, but then ultimately you think, oh, that's kind of neat. You were born and you died on the same day. It's it's, it's interesting. Dynamite Kid himself, an interesting figure uh, in American wrestling, British wrestling. Japanese wrestling. He wrestled for the WWF, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling. He 
was an innovator in both tag team wrestling and cruiserweight style wrestling. High flying, but not a skinny guy. A little guy, but built, muscle bound, absolutely strong as an ox, but can fly through the air with the greatest of ease. Well, when your your workout partner is Davy Boy Smith, you're gonna put some muscle on your frame for sure. Totally, Dynamite Kid though. I mean, he's his. You can go back and watch his stuff, and he could hang with like New Japan folks now. Like, I'm I, sure I mean, he like, could. He definitely had that style back when. Obviously, you know why? His size. All those guys are trying to be the Dynamite oh, Kid. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, definitely a lot of people uh, admire Dynamite Kid for his ability. I mean, before Owen Hart, there was Dynamite Kid. A lot of people, when Owen Hart showed up, was like, no one does what he does, and, and that's very accurate. But Dynamite Kid did a lot of what he did as well. Um, I know a lot of people, and if you've ever read Bret Hart's autobiography, if you haven't, you should, which it's an excellent book. It's quite a read. Uh, quite a few trips to the bathroom. It's a long book. It's a long book, but uh, a lot of people don't have a lot of great things to say about Dynamite Kid uh, as far as backstage stuff, which is probably why you don't... On, on Twitter or social media, there's a lot of like, yeah, oh, that's unfortunate, he was a great wrestler, but not a whole lot of heartfelt like, oh, he was a great guy, because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, and, and say what you want, and, and people can be certain ways in certain situations, certainly. And I'm not saying that he was a bad guy, but I'm just putting that out there, that a lot of people do have their Dynamite Kid story. Bret Hart, no shortage of Dynamite Kid stories. Uh, also, the Rougeaus. There's a really great story with Dynamite Kid and the Rougeaus, the fabulous Rougeaus. Check that out on uh, YouTube. And you should definitely check out Dynamite Kid's autobiography as well. I have a copy that I bought uh, off of eBay, I think about... 10 or 12 years ago, and that's an eye-opener, too, because you kind of get a response um, from the Dynamite Kid to all of these stories that are told about him, but instead of refuting them, uh, even though he's trying to refute them, you kind of get the impression that the stories are probably true. Right, right. Based on the way that he uh, sort of presents himself. He's not He's not really a nice guy. Right. Uh, and he never was. But he made a hell of a lot of people work harder in the ring. He made it He made it harder to be impressive in the squared circle. You had to do it all when you stepped through the ropes if you wanted to hang with Dynamite Kid. Absolutely. So regardless of how he was uh, behind the curtain uh, in the ring, he was uh, absolutely uh, a tremendous performer. And uh, someone that I enjoy watching wrestle uh, when I go back and watch the old stuff, which I commonly do. Uh, so, uh, R.I.P. Dynamite Kid. And uh, we move forward. This week, Rhino said goodbye to his career in the squared circle. And uh, we thought it was maybe just a part of a, a part of a program. It was going to be a work, but uh, worked himself into a shoot. <laughs> on Monday Night Raw, Baron Corbin put Heath Slater against Rhino in a retirement match, or a loser leaves Raw, or whatever the case was. And uh, I certainly believe that that's all it was. Was uh, oh, here we go. We're gonna get a story out of Heath Slater and Rhino finally. There, I really like them. I thought that when they were the tag team champions, and when uh, we met all of his uh, Heath Slater's West Virginia kids and Rhino became Heath Slater's uh, kayfabe wife's best friend because he loved Cheese Whiz on crackers. I thought that was great. 
So I thought we were in for more of that. But no. <laughs> he would actually uh, lose the match to Heath Slater, and Rhino would be the one who was sent packing. And apparently during the commercial break, he took to the microphone and let the live audience know that this was a real retirement. That after over 20 well, of years... Of course it is, because wrestling is real, Darren. The uh, fans yeah. just saw him lose a match where he retired. I mean, I would prefer it that way. Sometimes we jerk the curtain back way too far. Right. And, uh, you know, we walk around with our t-shirts that say, hashtag fake bullshit. Right. And, uh, and that's sort of what Rhino did. So I don't love that, but uh, I do like that I guess he had his moment... To, so it's not just a footnote on WWE.com. It's it's not like, a, okay, we'll wait and see, which you would expect that from this kind of a match. Typically on Raw, it was kind of like a, oh, no, seriously, for real. Like, <laughs> but when, right. the, yeah. when the camera stopped rolling. So, no, I, I understand why he did it. But I don't know, to kind of just go out out of nowhere, I mean, they weren't really doing a whole lot with Rhino anyway ever since they broke up, for the most part, Rhino and Heath Slater. Um, which I thought was great, by the way. I thought, I love that arc. I didn't really care about Heath Slater until that happened. Sure. Um, and Rhino, Rhino, well, I... why would you have? <laughs> what's funny was I wasn't even a huge fan of Rhino in ECW. Uh, <sighs> it was one of those rare occasions where people who are like, I don't want to say in their prime, but I guess in the most remembered time that they exist, you know, in their tenure of wrestling or whatever, I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of Steve Austin at all, mostly because he beat up on The Rock, who I loved. Um, so Austin at his prime was not a huge fan. Uh, I think of like Taz. I, I didn't really like Taz that much. And he said, I go back now and watch it and enjoy it. Well, for the most part, until I, you know, heard him on his radio show. Every week yeah. and I, I'm right with him. you. Like, I feel the same way about a lot of people. Rhino I, just think, ended, I just think they're different people. Rhino ended RVD's fucking winning streak with the, the television title, ECW. The television title means this much in a company? Are you kidding me? So I, I took that personally. I guess the same reason I didn't <laughs> like Steve Austin. I was a huge fan of RVD. And Rhino defeats uh, RVD, which obviously would have happened eventually. But So I always kind of resented him for that. But I've always liked <laughs> Rhino recurring and just popping up in WWE ever since, what, 2001? Uh, when he was signed. So it's, uh, it's, it's cool that uh, he's been around as long as he had. If you lined up 10 ECW stars, you know, from 10 years ago or... 15 years ago or 20 years ago and said, one of these guys will be gainfully employed for the next, you know, couple decades. Um, you know what I would have said? I, I, would not, I would not have said Rhino. No. You know what I would have said? What would you have said? I would have said, no, one of them isn't. Zero of them are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And not, and not in light of Rhino's retirement, but just how would anybody from the original ECW still be in WWE in 2018? Well, Devon is backstage. Yeah, man. I will say Rhino leaving under these circumstances is sort of like when the Dudleys left this last time. Uh, but I thought that they were going gently into that good night. I didn't realize it meant that Devon was going to stay with the company in a producer role and that Bubba was going to return to the Bully Ray character uh, in ROH. Like, that's not what I thought well, that, that was, was going to happen. Yeah, that was the Dudley boys retiring. But exactly. not necessarily uh, Bully Ray, of course. But 
Um, so no, obviously there's, there's a lot of great moments in, in the the span of, of Rhino's wrestling career to check oh, out. I loved Rhino and ECW. A little bit of ECW, there's some WWE stuff there for sure, also TNA, he was one of the guys that, oh yeah, you just got, you just left WWE, well come be our champion over here at TNA. Uh, he, he did was, get a lot of spot- one of those guys. Yeah. yeah, he did get a lot of spotlight in TNA when they kept trying to do their weird revival of ECW that they would do two or three different times with hardcore justice and like ECW original or excuse they never said ECW it was always hardcore it was like hardcore originals and you know a team that would make no sense whatsoever of like <laughs> Cactus Jack Rhino Raven Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas those people would never team up right. for any reason I don't care if Al-Qaeda had stormed the ECW arena in 1996. Didn't that happen on one episode of ECW? Probably. Even if that happened, ECW would not have been a united front. It's just the characters wouldn't have. Of course. course. Uh, Talk about developed characters who hated each other in in very realistic fashion. But Rhino was such a good uh, sort of latter days ECW figure when... Uh, when our good friend Don Callis, um, uh, who has been rather callous uh, in his dismissal of us, uh, when he was Cyrus, representing TNN, the network, with his stable with Steve Carino and uh, Yoshihiro Tajiri and Rhino. And, and Rhino would just go out and, like you said, do nastiness, like end RVD's uh, TV title run. He, oh, one of the best. I knew I was in love with Rhino. When, when he did a pile driver off to off the apron to Lori Fullington, the wife of the Sandman, through a table to the concrete it says, floor. It says a lot about you, Darren Beasley. <laughs> it does, and uh, I'll take it. Okay, yeah. But Rhino, uh, anybody who's ever taught wrestling with me for more than about 30, 45 minutes is bound to hear me say... Uh, and quote the Rhino promo in which he says, that's sooner, not, not later. later. Uh, well, he was coming after the ECW title, and I have been a fan of his ever since. Another interesting thing about Rhino was how he left the WWE the first time. Do you remember the circumstances? He was after WrestleMania. I, I couldn't tell you which one specifically, but maybe 23, 24... Something uh, around there, maybe a little bit earlier. I, I don't recall. I'm sure one of our dear listeners will recall specifically. He was at the hotel, got into a drunken argument with his wife, and smashed things in the hotel lobby out of anger. Now I recall. There was some sort, and it wasn't just that, oh, well, nobody needs to do that anywhere. But I think in the lobby, there was a WWE reception. And uh, this is how he was behaving at a, at a work party, essentially. And they were like, oh, okay, you can go home forever. <laughs> and that began that really long TNA run for But, him. but it was the, the WWE's definition of forever, which means for a little while. Right. Yeah. And when he showed back up in NXT, whenever that was, maybe four years ago, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was thinking, Rhino? What are you doing in NXT? And then Samoa Joe followed him in completely uh, uh, unexpectedly as well. And 
And of course, that made me want a Rhino Samoa Joe program in NXT. And guess what? If they decided to do that tomorrow, I'd take it. Oh, hell yeah. That would be great. We didn't get to see that, but we did see, I guess, Vince McMahon, before he puts you out in the pasture, he makes sure that... <laughs> before he puts you out in the pasture, he makes sure that he, dan- he, that he dresses you up like a clown and makes you dance. And so Rhino, who was a supreme ass kicker for so, so long, ends up playing the role of a buffoon for a couple of years before he can uh, get his pension. Yeah, he wants to ring out all your credibility just in case you have a, a, yeah. an inkling of going somewhere else to make another promotion money. Uh, but speaking of uh, things that Vince McMahon should put out put, put out the past year, uh, uh, XFL! XFL. Well, he did. We, 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 we reported before, you know, it, it's making a comeback. There's been a lot of information that's uh, kind of come out uh, lately about the, uh, the the future plans of the XFL, which is coming to you in 2020. And obviously Vince McMahon does not have 2020 vision. If he wants to revise, uh, revamp, and uh, rehash uh, the XFL, for those who don't know, football arena football organization owned by Vince McMahon from many, many years ago, uh, failed. It cost millions and millions of dollars uh, to not only Vince McMahon, but also NBC uh, that, that put it on. And now Vince and arena football in the sense that it's a three-ring circus, not because it was played by arena football rules or indoor football rules. Right. In fact, it was regular American football rules. It was basically the NFL, but stupider. Yeah, it was like, uh, I don't want to call it, Pepsi to the NFL's Coke because actually I think that's I no, but it gives way too much credit because Pepsi's still around. Um, <laughs> it, it was more like Crystal Pepsi, and Crystal Pepsi recently came back, so it is exactly <sighs> like Crystal Pepsi, Darren. XFL, you're Crystal Pepsi, but you did it. The the whole point of this though is is Vince McMahon wants this to succeed. Obviously, otherwise he wouldn't be doing it in the first place. The second time around, so he can say, see. It did work eventually. I was always right. He he's got enough money to throw around to to try to to try to strike lightning a second. I'm sorry, he struck it the first time to uh, try to get this thing going just so he can say, "See, I told you it would have worked." Okay, is that all it is? Yes. This, uh, but this is my this is why I ask it that way. I mean, yeah, the answer to all questions is, is it money? Yes, it's money. Is it motivation? Darren, you hate that answer. I do, and that's why I always look for another answer. But even with that typical um, struggle aside, uh, just thinking about McMahon and his motivation for this, all you ever hear is that Vince McMahon lives in a bubble, that Vince McMahon doesn't watch the news, that Vince McMahon doesn't watch television, that Vince McMahon doesn't read a newspaper, he doesn't watch movies, he doesn't watch sports. And that that's what makes him so successful and what makes him all out of touch as well. So it's like his chief virtue and his chief vice is that his entire world is the WWE. When is this motherfucker watching football of any sort? How could he watch enough football which, first of all, much like there's too much wrestling to ever watch, there's too much football to ever watch all of it. There's oh, no, no, I beg to differ. My father is somehow able to watch every single college and professional football game. I don't know how he does it, but well, he does it. if you don't know how he does it, then there, therein lies sorry. my point. Exactly. I know how he does it. 
DVR. But he, he gets it done, though. He gets it done. And baseball game. Uh, <laughs> there's so much to watch. Oh, I know. When is Vince McMahon watching this football? And if he is, which I don't think he is, how could he possibly go, you know what we need? More football. <laughs> um, and so I really want to know, outside of just the answer being money, and if that's the answer you're determined to give me, you, Perry, or anyone else listening, then that's fine. But then tell me why football. Don't tell me just money. Tell me why football, why XFL, why now? Because it can't be that Vince McMahon loves football. It can't be that. Because that just doesn't make sense based on everything we've ever been told about him. No, no. Vince McMahon loves money. And that's the only thing Vince McMahon probably loves. So why doesn't he do something else? Like, what's wrong with WWE films? They have to have been making money. It has to be. I'm telling you, Darren, it has to be. He just wants it to succeed the second time around. Well, so he can say, see, it's successful. <laughs> and put a giant cigar in his mouth and go, <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the ways that I know he's going to try and make it uh, successful in a different way is he, some of these, some of these cities are repeat cities. But for the most part, they uh, I believe they rebid on cities. They chose eight new cities. And all of these cities will host teams that have new mascots, new identities. It's an entirely reinvented league. The only thing, supposedly, like that's staying the same <laughs> is the name. The XFL. And, but you know what? Now that you said that, is it the NXT of, of football? Is it the NXT of the NFL? Um... No, because there's another league that is also launching in the spring of 2020 that has nothing to do with Vince McMahon that is literally promoting itself as minor league football. Tell me it's Ted Turner's football brainchild. Oh, Oh my God, yes. If it's not Ted Turner, buy it. Uh, WCW or NWA wasn't, wasn't Ted Turner's baby, but he bought in to go... Head to head, head to head with Vince McMahon. He adopted it, and now he can do it again. Do it, Ted. Do it, Ted. We do know it, you're listening. Ted. We know you're listening. Uh, also, Jane Fonda was there. Um, yes. All right, the eight cities, uh, as you might imagine, Los Angeles. Wait, what? New York, New Jersey, and I just I really hate that. I hate when something has to be New York slash New Jersey. Pick one. Right. It. First of all, <laughs> which one would you pick? I, well, here's the deal. If it, I, I will say this: if it's ever New York, New Jersey, what does that tell you? It's New York. It no, <laughs> it's New Jersey. Oh, oh, the, the other one. I'm because sorry. if it's actually in New York, they would never bother throwing New Jersey a bone. The fact is, it's in New Jersey, and they don't want to only be New Jersey. So they go, we're also New York. No, those are two different places. <laughs> right? right? Like, this this show is hosted by Darren Beasley and Perry Smith. It's not hosted by Darren Beasley, Perry Smith. We are not one single entity. Neither are the states of New York and New Jersey. Okay. So this weird combo city is getting a, a team. Uh, Dallas and Houston, because... Texas, don't mess with it. They get two teams. Uh, St. Louis, 
Uh, okay. St. Louis needs a football team since they lost the Rams back to Los Angeles uh, over in the NFL. Seattle. Seattle's been hot for football ever since the Seahawks decided to matter. Uh, again, across uh, wow. across the airwaves. Someone's got some opinions about uh, sports. Washington, D.C. Now, Washington, D.C., of course, has their own team, uh, the, the Redskins, uh, which hashtag cultural appropriation. Hashtag, Just call them the Washington uh, Warriors and get it over with. Come on. It sounds better anyway. But is it actually any better? Yes, it might be a smidge better, but you're still committing the same uh, you're still committing the same thought crime if you call them the Warriors. If you if if you can't sustain the name Redskins, then you gotta throw it out completely. Like with the bullets. The bullets in the NBA became the Wizards. They didn't become the. <laughs> they went from an awesome name to a, a nerdy name. Well, right. They didn't go from being the Washington Bullets to being the Washington Rubber Bullets. Right. Right. Because that would be better. But they'd still be bullets. The, the, the blanks. <laughs> the blanks. Exactly. All right. Uh, again, maybe even better than rubber bullets. But oh. still. The same problem. You're still firing a but, gun. But 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 they're, they're but mas- if you're if you're the wizards, if there were the blanks, the, the the mascot could be the blank from Dick Tracy. <laughs> Madonna. It, but it Madonna. Would, it Madonna. Would have to be Madonna. It would have to be Madonna, to be and Madonna she up as the blank. She she has she, a she charges uh, a penny to be a mascot, and now. she's got kind of a biological clock. Nothing to do with babies, but. Uh, the timer the timer's going to run out on her oh, being Lord. able to be a spry a spry chicken, um, a spring chicken, spring chicken, yeah, or a spry or young a spry lass chicken. She's still living in England. Now I'm hungry for spry chicken. Uh, that's I don't I don't, I don't know the whereabouts of one Madonna, Darren. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just curious. You know, she became all British there for a while when she was married to uh, old what's his face. Uh, the Guy director Ritchie? Guy Ritchie. There you go. I kept wanting to call him Rocco, but that's actually their son, right? I think Guy Ritchie and Madonna have you a think son. He has a modern life named Rocco. <laughs> Who, if he's alive today? Man, this one is chock full of references, folks. If you can keep up, I applaud you. Washington D.C. What will Vince McMahon do? Did he pick Washington just so he can give them an even more offensive mascot? Let's hope so. <laughs> What is the, the Washington dumb shits? The, the Washington racists. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he might do it. He's Vince McMahon. He's done it before. He'll do it again. That's what that's what the XFL's tagline is. He's done it before. He'll do it again. <laughs> uh, what is conspicuously absent here is Orlando. Orlando, which might as well be the new home, and is certainly, at the very least, the second home of the WWE. They're not getting an XFL team? They had an XFL team. Poor, man, Orlando is just the undertow of the wrestling world, isn't it? It sucks everyone to it. Hey, just have a WWE or NXT? You come live in Orlando. <laughs> hey, you want to do some mini wrestling down in the South? You come live in Orlando. You want to train with the Dudley Boys? I come live in Orlando. Impact Wrestling? Canada. Oh, formerly, that's right. For so formerly, long. But for so long, Orlando. So long, Orlando. 
But Orlando, no XFL team. But the last of the eight launch cities for the 2020 venture of the XFL is in Florida, a little bit to the west of Orlando in Tampa Bay. So uh, that'll be interesting. I, I, my favorite part is going to be what are these mascots? <laughs> what are their <laughs> uniforms going to the look like? And is one of them going to be the blank from Dick Tracy? <laughs> um, <laughs> this uh, this will kick off in February of 2020. So we're only a little over a year away, if you can believe that. So things like mascots and uh, uniforms and, uh, and, and gimmicks, if you will, are going to start coming out. They're going to need to start advertising when you're only a little over a year away from hitting uh, the national airwaves. And uh, I can't help but be excited. First of all, I love football. I love silliness. I love... <laughs> as much as I hate Vince McMahon, guess what? I love Vince McMahon. Aww. And so, I, I'm stoked about the XFL. The return... He did it before. He'll do it again. And uh, I, I'm really happy about this. I think it's going to be... It's going to be crazy, and I think it will only last one season. Wow. I think it will fail miserably again. One can only hope, Darren. Uh, so, XFL updates. We got them here, folks. Um, we will yeah. continue. We'll continue. As soon as more. we find out the mascots, oh, you're going to know. We, we are a year away from it actually uh, showing up on our TV screens, but uh, we'll keep you guys informed the best we can. And uh, speaking of information, we've got plenty of information about Fest Wrestling's latest show coming up in the very, very near future this weekend, as a matter of fact. Yes! Pickle in the Tree 3. It is the third one, Darren. Is this one at Curia on the Drag? It is not. Ow! It is not at the original home of Fest Wrestling to us, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curia on the Drag. It's at 8 Seconds in Gainesville, Florida. Darren, let's get our friend Rich Bokini and talk about Fest Wrestling. Beep, boop, boop, pop, boop. This Sunday, the 9th of December, 2018, back in Hogtown, Gainesville, Florida, 8 Second Saloon, Fest Wrestling, Pickle in the Tree 3. We're here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reffin' show. It's me, it's it's your buddy Darren, it's Perry. Um, your buddy Perry. Your yeah. buddy Perry. Okay. And everybody's buddy joining us especially on this especially special occasion, is Rich Bokini. Gentlemen, 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 it is a pleasure to uh, to be on the other end of this Skype call with you. Pleasure as always as we look forward to, hard to believe now, the third pickle in the tree. Oh, absolutely. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're climbing a ladder for a giant pickle. You know what's not yeah. fun? What a Christmas tree smells like if you have three pickles in it. <laughs> And it, yeah, if, if, if you can't find one, yeah, it's the, especially right. That's that's when it becomes bad news. What you have to do is you have to buy the ceramic pickle. That's um. There you go. That's what I have. Yeah, the ceramic pickle goes back in the jar, and every year you have a pickle, and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, uh, you know, fermenting in your tree. But I, I love that it's a ceramic <laughs> pickle, but it's still kept in a jar. <laughs> well, I like that, that aspect. <laughs> It's like those fake ice cubes that you keep in the freezer with the and they're like but they're plastic and they're right, shaped right. like like doo doo and 
<laughs> and ladybugs. Uh, I need to know about how you grew up there, Darren. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so pickle the tree. To me, pickle the tree is the big one, Rich. How do you feel about that? Like, because I mean, we are family. Seems like it might be the the WrestleMania of of fest wrestling. But to me, it's more like the Royal Rumble of WrestleMania. And pickle, pickle, <laughs> pickle is like the Starcade or WrestleMania of fest. Uh, I, I think out of all of them that we do, I gotta be honest. I think pickle in the tree is probably the one that I look forward to the most. There you go. I really do. See? I really do. And, and, you know, the fest weekend, we are family is always a lot of fun because because it's fest weekend. So that kind of goes without saying. But um, as far as quote unquote specialty matches, I, pickle in the tree is again hard hard to believe that this is the third one that I'm gonna be calling. And I remember the first time that Tony told me about it, I was like, I'm sorry, you want to do what? <laughs> and, <laughs> And he, and he explained it, and I said, well, that's actually pretty cool. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's, it's just it's a, it's a fun match to call because it's just so it, it's just so kooky. Like everything else that we do here at Fest, it's got its own flavor to it. It's got its own style. It doesn't necessarily fit in with um, maybe what, uh, what the norms are in wrestling in a lot of ways, and that's a good thing. So uh, we have fun with it, and that, that's, that's what it's all about. Hey, hey, Rich, I have a quick question for you before we get into the card. Uh, I've never watched back the uh, the professor bit from the first pickle on the tree. Um, right. Did you actually, did you provide commentary during that, or did you set the mic aside? <laughs> no, that, that's one where you just lay out. Um, you just lay out. Okay. Yeah. Because I was there's, curious. There's, there's, there's a uh, that's going to enhance that. You just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That really, it really got no better. It, it was, it was what it was. I was very curious. I, 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 I believe that you know we when he kept going, we may have started saying something like, "I'm sure my reaction at that point was, what the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, kind of like that. The first uh, fans bring the party weapons match with Effie and Leon Scott hitting each other with with dildos, and I said to myself, you know. Where what the hell's happened to my career? <laughs> like legitimately, like calling a match in a bar in Gainesville with two guys hitting each other with dildos. Like what? What? what who have I spited? <laughs> yeah, that's a quite interesting turn of events for you there. But I'm glad you stuck it but, out. But it's, it's interesting where life takes us, and life this Sunday is taking us back to Gainesville for pickle in the tree. Um, of course, Pickle the Tree match might be the most anticipated match on the card. However, it is certainly not the only match on the card, Darren. No, of course not. Uh, let's get into the matches. We've got a match, a triple threat match. Um, we're going to only see one familiar face to the Fest audience, and that's Simon Grimm, who not too long ago himself was a newcomer, but is now a familiar uh, part of the Fest family. Simon Grimm taking on Pat Monix. And the black sheep Dave Turner. Now I don't know these two guys. Uh, Perry, Rich. I'm familiar with Dave Turner. I called a match of his for Defy. Big guy, old, uh, a little bit older. He's been around the business for a while, mostly in the Pacific Northwest. Pat Monix. I feel like he may have. I don't know if he if he was here once or if, if he was supposed to come to Fest once. I know he's based out of Chicago. And I know that I called a match of his at Warrior Wrestling up in Chicago as well. I'm more familiar with Turner. Um, Size-wise, I think Turner's probably going to be the biggest guy in the match. I know Gotch is a bigger guy than um, than maybe at first appears. 
So I'm kind of curious to see how those two stack up size wise. But I know that I know that Turner's just a, a big, uh, you know, big bully kind of a guy. So that that's it's going to be interesting. Monix, I think, is more of a more of a cruiserweight. Well, it's interesting that you say what you said about Simon Grimm because that's a note that we constantly have about Simon Grimm, which is he's deceptively bigger than he appears to mm-hmm. be. Um, yep. Again, when you're on WWE, everyone is big. So when people are just you know consistently big, you don't realize exactly how big they are. Um, exactly. But anyway, uh, so I mean, I got to go with Simon Grimm for uh, just this this match because I'm familiar with Grimm and he tends to get the job done. Put away Matt Cross at uh, We Are Family uh, a couple months ago. So I mean, this guy can get it done again. It, it could be my lack of knowledge about uh, Monix or Turner, but uh, I got to go with what I know. Uh, I you know I'll say this for those guys coming in: you never want to take a long flight somewhere just to lose. So there's that added. Um there, I'm sure there's going to be that added motivation, as well as being in the in the ring with a guy who, uh, you know, who who saw time with WWE. If one of those guys can uh, can pull out the victory, then that's that's a nice little feather in their cap. But, um, you know, Grimm is uh, Gotch or wh- whatever you want to call him. He can adapt to whoever he's in the ring with. So whether it's uh, uh, you know more of a physical, you know, uh, uh, you know, big guy style that uh, Turner's going to try to kind of brawl with. Gotch can go one on one with that, and uh, he's certainly seen his his fair share of guys flying around with the uh, you know the Sincaras and the Kalistos flipping around his head all the time. So, um, you know, uh, my, my my money's on uh, Gotch or Grimm or whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if, if Turner comes in and uh, maybe pulls off an upset. Well, I'm anxious to see Turner now that you uh, have told me that he he's kind of a bigger guy. On the you never can tell someone's height for sure on a poster. Um, everybody kind of looks the same size on the poster. Uh, he presents himself as a big guy, so I'm excited to see what he looks like actually in the ring uh, with these other two guys. And uh, I'm gonna pull. Uh, I'm gonna pull for Simon Grimm, and I'm gonna choose Simon Grimm uh, as my uh, as my winner of this match. Uh, I just don't know anything about Pat Monix, but I have to say, uh, now that you've told me, we've got one from Chicago and one from the Pacific Northwest. The fact that we've got this representation, this uh, nationwide representation, uh, is always one of my favorite things. When Fest really expands to bring talent in from all over, that can only be a good thing. So maybe we're really adding something extra special with this match. I think so. I, I think it's cool that guys are able to come in and um, you know represent different parts of the country and, and that promoters are working together. Uh, stuff that we've talked about before, seeing promoters working together to make sure that uh, uh, to try to make things as, as co- cohesive and cooperative and to give as many opportunities to guys that uh, that, that deserve it. But, um, you know, that said, the guys have to go after it themselves, too. And uh, certainly for Monix and uh, uh, for Turner, like I said, those are not uh, short flights. Chicago to Orlando is not too bad. But if you've ever flown from uh, from from Seattle or, or or Portland back to Orlando, I mean, that's a it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty long flight, so uh, you have to be dedicated to what you're doing. So for those guys to come down here and have an opportunity here in this matchup again, represent uh, their their neck of the woods, very, very cool thing. And with a triple threat match, of course, you can't keep both eyes on one person. you got two opponents in that ring, so you got to split your, uh, 
your attention there. Uh, moving on, uh, some ladies in action. Arya Blake, a uh, fan favorite of Fest Wrestling, taking on someone uh, who's been, who's, who's made the rounds at Fest Wrestling quite a bit nowadays. Uh, Savannah Evans. Savannah Evans, we remember from the first Mae Young Classic. Uh, she was involved in that. And like I said, Savannah Evans has been at quite a few Fest Wrestling events uh, by now. Arya Blake just had that uh, that awesome match. The uh, fans, Speaking of fans bringing the party, uh, fans bring the party match against C.J. O'Doyle, which she did come out on top of, which I think a lot of the fans were happy about that, C.J. O'Doyle getting his comeuppance. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I think for Arya, she was so focused on coming back, so focused on, on getting back in the ring that you put all your energy into that into that uh, that one moment. Um, you know, anger and, and, and frustration and spite can, can do a lot of things. It can really fire you up. Uh, let's be honest here. That was, uh, you know, for for CJ to lose that match against Arya Blake. Number number one, this is not because he fought a girl or anything like that. But she, he is so much smaller than him. You know, he he's got to think. Okay, well now, how do I bounce back from that? But for Arya, how does she bounce back emotion wise after after such an emotional matchup? How do you bounce back from that with that same intensity going into going into now what's more of a you know quote unquote normal matchup? So it's going to be a big test here, I think, for for Arya to prove that, um, you know, that it wasn't a fluke that she pulled off the upset against CJ. Oh, definitely. And another thing that's not going to be that different. I mean, Savannah Evans is certainly not the size of CJ O'Doyle, but she's much bigger than Arya Blake. So the size differential is a reality that Arya is still facing, even though everything else about the match is very different. I think typically Arya is the smaller person in the ring, so I don't think uh, her fighting anyone is any different. I think the tactics will remain the same. Um, so Arya's got to bounce back from her match. CJ O'Doyle uh, literally bounced off a, uh, a barbed wire covered dildo uh, during his match with Arya Flake. Um, which apparently uh, hurt a lot, according to CJ O'Doyle. Um, <laughs> so in this match, though, I got to go with with. I mean, Savannah Evans, uh, isn't she like the suplex queen? Isn't that what's, what she is? That's her thing. Um, but, I mean, she's 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 tough as nails, i got to say. I take nothing away from Arya Blake, of course, because in that weapons match, she proved that she is also a tough gal. But, man, Savannah Evans just maybe has more experience under her belt. I, I can't pick this one. It's too close. To, it's, it's Guys, it's right down the middle. Right. Hey, uh, that's hey. what we do on the uh, only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the well, middle. Well, you know, uh, it's strange. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually fit right into that equation. If Perry's going with Savannah Evans, Rich is abstaining from a vote. I'm actually gonna go with Arya Blake. I oh, think wow. she's going to ride the this this tide of victory uh, over C.J. O'Doyle. I think it won't be a letdown. It won't be a a sophomore snooze. It will be uh, a legitimate. Uh, a, a, a cresting of this wave of success for Arya Blake. So I'm picking Arya. Next up, we got a tag team match. We got Jim Nasty Boys taking on some nasty boys from North Carolina in the form of Grit. And this is, uh, I guess, this is Fest Wrestling straight out of PWX, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I, this I believe that's part of that uh, that whole rivalry there. We've seen the uh, the guys from from Grit here in the past getting involved in things that maybe they didn't need to be involved in and uh you know this uh this fits right in with that absolutely and you got to be uh you have to be some mean dudes to make the gymnasty boys look like nice guys uh <laughs> because grit ever since they uh they uh appeared on the fest wrestling scene they've been 
uh, interrupting matches and just kind of devastating uh, people. And Jim Nasty Boys seem to be their primary target, and it seems that now we finally get a straight-up match, two-on-two, the Gymnasties against Grip. Um, like I said, Gymnasty Boys uh, are fan favorites, even though they're not really... Again, they're not people you want to leave your kids with for any amount of time. Uh, but it seems like the the Fest uh, family is behind these guys uh, in any match they go into. And uh, against Grit, like I said, Grit's just there's some big, mean dudes, man. So I think the Fest family is going to be with the Gymnasty Boys. And I will be alongside them. After all, I am part of the Fest family. Uh, so I, I just I, I want to see this match. I want to see Gymnasty Boys hopefully get a little bit of I don't want to say revenge, but uh, show the grit that they're no they're no pushovers. Um, you think of what grit's done since coming in here, late, like you said. Um, for whatever reason, the uh, the, the gymnasties have been their primary targets, and again, I'm sure that they've uh, there's that familiarity there with uh, with those guys closer up in the North Carolina area. Um, so to see that spill over down to Gainesville is certainly not surprising, but, uh, uh, you know, the Gymnasty Boys kind of carved out their own little space here, and then Grit seemingly just kind of come uh, wanted to come in and, and, and ruin that for them. So the Gymnasties kind of protecting their home turf in a way. Um, tough to really tell what, what those guys are thinking because they're, they're, they're definitely on the uh, on the oddball side, as you'd expect. But um, it's going to be a battle against uh, against grit because like you said those guys they're just huge they're gigantic well grit is no nonsense too that i mean love love the gymnasty boys or hate them there's a lot of nonsense <laughs> and there's no nonsense uh with grit they're they're ass kickers they're huge they're they're mean they're they're surly and they're hateful and that's that's the presentation that's the promise that's what they bring to the to this and any fight, and that's what I'm excited about. Is regardless of what brought them in, they're in, and we haven't gotten this opportunity until now. We haven't gotten this particular look at them, and now we do. We've got the one team against the one team, and this is where we're going to see what grit is for a fest audience who hasn't seen grit do their thing. This is the opportunity. If Grit wants to uh, be famous or if they want to be infamous in Gainesville, this is the match to do it. Because the Gymnasty Boys are definitely going to do their thing. But Grit has the spotlight, unlike they've had it since the first time they appeared. All eyes are going to be on them. And because of that, I'm actually going to go with Grit. I don't know too much about them. Uh, and I know that they're mean dudes. But I'm going to say somewhere deep in their nasty Grinch hearts, they are going to make the most of this opportunity. And they're going to use the spotlight to put themselves uh, on a trajectory for success in Fest. So I'm, I'm going with grit here. Well, kind of what you said, they're no nonsense. And I, I, I was going to ask you, are you implying that there's a lot of nonsense in, in Fest Wrestling? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of nonsense in the Gymnasty Boys. <laughs> And, 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 and as a result, that means they fit in at Fest. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Fest wrestling is a lot of nonsense. I, yeah, I, I, I think Grit's a, a very different type of a team than most of the fans here are, are, are familiar with because they just come in and they kick ass. Um, so I, I, I think for the gymnasties after losing the titles, that's going to be kind of hanging over them, kind of hanging over them a little bit. And, and 
Uh, you know, we're going to find out this weekend whether or not that, uh, uh, you know, whether or not that hangover is kind of kind of sticking with them or, or, or if they've been able to shake it or not. So that that's the key to this matchup, I think. The Gymnasty boys, ever since they lost the, the belts, they kind of haven't been the same. Um, so they're going to have to start rallying and come back here. Um, but they're they're still they're still one of my favorite tag teams uh, at Fest Wrestling. I mean, they're kind of all my favorite tag team at this point. But you, you know, you're oh, talking, oh. talking about nonsense. This has been a really straightforward conversation, gentlemen. Ah. So forgive hmm. me if I digress for a second here, and I'm going to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, Perry, when you said you don't want to leave your children with the Gymnasty Boys. <laughs> now I know that I was talking before we came on the air. I was talking about the Who. Right. And uh, so, not leaving your children uh, with, with someone, and I'm not making Pete Townsend reference. I'm actually talking about the song Uncle Ernie uh, from Tommy. And uh, and that's what I'm thinking of when you started talking about leaving your children alone with the Gymnasty Boys. And who knows, if you left the two children alone with the Gymnasty Boys, they might fiddle about, if you will. And uh, that's that's a lot of nonsense. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, gymnasties. I think. Uh, I think Rich, Rich is stupefied I, by uh, by that comment. This is what I deal with. Uh, we're 109 episodes in, Rich. This is what I've dealt with since episode one. Uh, gymnasty boys. Uh, did, you, did, did you did you just imply that the gymnet? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna... no, Perry did. All I did was make a classic rock reference. Right. I'm gonna go with gymnasty boys. We're moving on. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this next match is pretty interesting. Uh, Vandal, Vandal of Awaken, Waken, which is uh, one man shorter these days. Ever since Wolf Taylor became <laughs> Lone Wolf Taylor, uh, and it looks like Vandal Wolf Taylor are actually going to mix it up at Pickle in the Tree Three. So Vandal, who was brutally attacked by Wolf Taylor uh, at We Are Family Two, uh, looking to get some of that uh, good old fashioned revenge. Where's Leon Scott going to be in all this? Um. I think Wolf Taylor just got uh, fed up with kind of being the uh, the third wheel. I really do. He 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 was injured. Um, that kind of set him back a little bit. But you even go back to last year, and you think about uh, the times that Leon Scott just kind of tried to boss Wolf around, and you could kind of tell that the respect factor wasn't there um, on the part of Vandal and, and and on the part of uh, of Leon towards wolf wait you know is that because he got injured i don't think so they, they were like that uh they were like that prior to so um look wolf was a big part of uh a big part of awakening a big, a big reason why why they were tag team champs for a while and seemingly gets no respect from you know if you want to call leon the leader of, of the group and then vandal you know I, I i guess vandal's the guy carrying out all the marching orders now so it's an opportunity i think for for wolf to uh you talked about revenge. I, 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 th- I think the I think the revenge comes from uh, comes from Wolf Taylor, not the other way around. I, I, I think Awaken gets it. You know, I, I think they deserve everything that they have coming to them. And if that's in the form of Wolf Taylor, uh, th- th- then so be it. Uh, the question about where will Leon Scott be? It's never never a fair fight against those guys, and I don't think it's going to be any different. The difference is the only difference is that Wolf kind of knows their game plan, and he kind of knows. He kind of knows the different t- tactics that that they might employ, so that's a little bit of an edge for Wolf, but it's not much of an edge when you're when you're one on two, um, because let's face it, anytime you're in there against a member of Awaken, whether Leon's out there at ringside, he could be lurking under the ring, he could be uh, hiding out in the crowd for all we know. 
it's never one on one. So, um, I, I, this one's going to be a brawl, plain, plain and simple. I think it's going to be a brawl. Uh, I, I'm inclined to agree. You know, this Sunday will actually be two years since Wolf Taylor joined Awaken. I was going to say it was the first pickle in the tree, or Wolf Taylor actually turned on his team and joined the likes of Awaken. And so when you when you look at Wolf two years ago, and you think he was sort of a an unknown entity at that time, whereas Awaken were already pretty set uh, in their in their nastiness, and yet. Uh, when Wolf joined, he fell right in. I mean, he he fit into Awaken so well. And uh, I think Leon Scott took advantage of that to a fault. Um, as I know that we saw at the second Love is a Battlefield, what you were talking about, Rich, where it really began to, the, the seams began to stretch a little bit too much. And uh, we started to see... Uh, the the glue coming apart for Awaken. And that's, I mean, that's almost a year ago now. And the injury certainly didn't help Wolf, like you said. But was this the right choice for Wolf? Uh, like Perry keeps saying, Lone Wolf, is that the right choice? Is that the way to go for him? I don't know, because Vandal, you know, Wolf is the one who had the attitude, but when I look at Vandal's reaction over the last two months... Vandal's pissed. Like, I mean, in my mind's eye, at this very moment while we're talking, I see a very pissed off Vandal who wants to rip Wolf Taylor apart. Yeah, but how, but how much of that is because Vandal didn't have the balls to do what Wolf Taylor did, and he's jealous of Wolf Taylor for finally having the balls to, to step up and say, no, you know what, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of following what you want me to do and you want me to do whether or not I think it's right or not. The hell with you. I'm doing my own thing, and, you know, hell or high water, whatever the consequences are, I'll accept them, but enough. I'm my own man. I don't need to listen to you guys. So I think there's a lot of that that, that factors into this. Very interesting. Very interesting point of view. Didn't really think of it that way. It is kind of hard when you look at this, and, and you actually made me realize it, uh, Rich, but it's kind of hard to look at the whole situation of Awaken. Um, and and figure out who to actually root for, who is right, who is who like like who is 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 it Wolf Taylor turned on Awaken because Wolf Taylor woke up and now he's a good guy, or is he just even worse than Awaken who are bad people? Uh, it's it's a lot to think about. Actually, it is very it's a very complex situation here. This is like a family dispute where it is where, it where, is where, a family dispute where, where everyone has a point. But you can't side with any one person because everyone is equally at fault. And I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say everyone is equally at fault here. Uh, no one's hands are clean for sure. Um, so it's hard for me to pick one or the other because I think one or the other are pissed off enough at the other and kind of win this match very easily. Again, Leon Scott is the wild card. And like you said, Rich, when it, when it comes to Awaken, there's always that wild card of the rest of Awaken. So I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I think my favorite part of this is the the you keep saying wild card like the wild card the if we if Leon Scott really is the wild card here do we see Leon Scott side with Wolf Taylor like that to me would be the most interesting development of all is all right just out with Vandal you know I mean now Wolf is right because really that should be a possibility we really should be talking about that. 
uh, under the reality that why would Leon Scott be mad that he awakened Wolf? Wolf is just fully realized now. Did you now. see Leon Scott's face after that match at We Are Family 2? Did you see the black eye that Wolf Taylor gave Leon but Scott? isn't Leon Scott the kind of guy that should be proud of that? He should be, my little baby boy, he's all grown up. He's awake now. He, he did what he wanted him to do. The group is called Awakened, Darren. I know! <laughs> So what, there should be some, there, there might be, some, where there's smoke, there's fire. Interesting point of view that I, I hadn't really thought of that myself. So uh, a lot going on in this matchup. I'm, now, I'm, I'm even more excited now to see what happens. There really is, and I'm picking Vandal. Whoa. I'm picking Vandal because that has to be the least popular pick here. Um, and I hope, I, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we see Leon and Wolf uh, be the team that comes out of this thing, but I think Vandal will be the one with the one, two, three. But back to tag team action the Ugly Ducklings, the tag team champions for Fest Wrestling, will be taking on the Monster Squad. Now, this kind of comes as a surprise to me. Guys, we had never seen before until we are family back. Only two months later. Not even two months. Well, Just like six weeks. And this is something that might actually uh, might, <laughs> might get uh, Rich's blood boiling. A new tag team comes in and just gets an opportunity at some tag team gold here? What's this all about? Because they're taking on the Ugly Ducklings, who are your current and reigning uh, tag team champions of Fest Wrestling. There had to be some kind of uh, some kind of business arrangement, I'm sure, made with, uh, made with Mr. Weinbender to, uh, to, to make this happen. So I'm I'm kind of curious. Yeah, there is some investigative journalism that Max and I will have to do to to kind of track this down and and figure out exactly what's going on. But uh, yeah, uh, as the uh, since you are the investigative journalists of Fest Wrestling, let me give you a thread to pull on here. Uh, one of them's head is in a birdcage. Just explore <laughs> that. That uh, that to me might uh, give us a lot of answers there. I'll, I'll, I will do my due diligence to try to figure this out for us all. <laughs> I've been a big fan of the Monster Squad for the last six weeks. Seven weeks ago, I did not know they existed. He's been the biggest mark for the Monster Squad for the last six <laughs> weeks, guys. I really enjoyed uh, what they brought to to the last show. And I think that standing across the ring, the number th- one thing we're going to see here, um, and this goes back to, Rich, your statement about the first match um, the different sizes, the different weight classes. There's a huge size differential here between the Ducks and the Monsters, and that's going to be an interesting showdown. It's pretty much every match for the Ducks, isn't it? It is, but these Monster Squad dudes are big. Like they're, you know, they're, they're gigantic. They gigantic. are, and they're, I mean, they're you know they're not giant muscle bound old school Big John stud types necessarily, but in the world of indie wrestling. The height on these two guys is what's is what's shocking at first. When the Monster Squad comes through that curtain, you just keep looking up. And uh, so even if the Ugly Ducklings are typically the smaller uh, team in a bout, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, this matchup. because just, just the aesthetics, the initial aesthetics of this matchup. Ugly Ducklings have got Coach Mikey, though. Coach Mikey will be there to rev up the Ducks' engines, keep them going. Keep them uh, launching each other at their opponents, <laughs> at the opposition. Uh, just b- please, gentlemen, be safe. No, no one, no one, get thrown off that top balcony, please. Uh, everyone, safe. 
Stay, stay as low to the ground as you can there, Ducks. Uh, I know you guys... Yeah, just, are just, just, to... just go up the lower balcony. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just, uh, I mean, the Ducks are, again, well-oiled machine. I mean, I know we talk about how the Ducks typically have the, the disadvantage when it comes to size, but speed! Speed and ability speed. all wow. day long. I, I, you won't find a faster tag team. Um, and a tag team that's just, you know, I'll hit him with this. I'll hit him with this. Now we hit him with this. Now we hit him with this. I mean, they just, they don't let up. They don't give their opponents a chance to rest. They don't give them that recovery. And I think that's going to be the Monster Squad's downfall. I got to go with my ducks. Quack, quack. Smaller and quicker. You know, Rich, I don't want to call you out here. I don't want to put you uh, at the end of the barrel here. But I do want to point out that, you know, you and I have talked many times. We've all talked about this on the show and off the air uh, in various places around the wrestling world. Uh, in an era where, I'm not saying any single one of us, but where there are many people who complain about too much offense. Um, I'm, not the fir- I'm not the first person to bring that argument up, but I could definitely buy into it. You can make an argument that there are those uh, indie wrestlers who it's too much offense, and you hear the slow down, work it, tell a story, etc., etc., and I'm down with that. The one team I honestly don't feel that that applies to is the Ugly Ducklings because when I watch what might appear to others as, quote-unquote, too much offense, it just doesn't feel like that with the Ugly Ducklings. It seems like that is their offense. Their offense is like an extended magazine, Right where you just keep firing, and it fires far longer than someone else's uh, ammunition. They're like a banana clip. Right, sure. So, so you're calling them the bump stocks of independent wrestling? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I no, I know, I know what you're saying. The duck, the ducks are so unique that you don't want to. To me, you don't want to strip away what makes them unique. Um, that, that said, and you know. I guess we're pulling back the curtain a, a, a little bit here, which, whatever. Um, as far as slowing down and registering stuff more, I, I that's my, that's that's the one thing that I that I wish the Ducks would do a little bit more of, simply so we can tell a little bit more of their story. And honestly, as announcers, kind of catch up with them because there's so much stuff going on that I think a lot of times their opponents don't have time to really register to the crowd what's occurred. But I I know exactly what you're saying about the ducks being being special, being unique, having their their own thing, and, and that their speed and their quickness and, and the, the 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 is rapidity rapidness sure. <laughs> rapidity I don't rapidity. know if that's it, right rapidity. yeah so so, so <laughs> I I think I think their pace and their tempo were a big part of uh, of the team that that they are so it's a very fine mixture where you know if you if you take out a little bit too much of the you know the red pepper. It's not quite the same ugly ducklings, right? But to me, I, I, I still think that you could, you know, look, okay, so there's, eh, we're using a half a cup of red pepper, let's use a quarter cup of red pepper. That's, okay. you know, that's that, that's the, that's my only, if you want to call it a criticism, whatever, I, again, so we could catch up, so, and I think so the crowd can register stuff a little bit more. Um, I think it would make what they do in the ring more impactful if their opponents had an opportunity to really kind of, Again, I, I, I sound like an old grizzled guy here, but if their opponents had a little bit more time to sell some of the offense that they've received, it it all means more to me. Again, that's that that that's that's my that's my opinion. That's my take. Um, 
you know, it doesn't mean it's right. It's just a different opinion. And that's why I knew you were the right guy to ask the question. It was the right match, the right team, the right moment to ask you, the right guy, that question. Because no, dude, you are not that old grizzled guy. You don't sound like that old grizzled vet. You represent a really nice... Uh, version of uh, of riding the fence because you exist in both of those worlds. You have a very strong understanding and appreciation of both of those worlds, and yet I, that's why I wanted to present you particularly with that question because I know that while you don't embody fully that grizzled vet and you don't sound like it, you you have you you can I, you know I've listened to you enough to know that you can agree with that. But I wanted to present the Ducks as what I believe is the unique commodity that they are. Because I kind of anticipated your response to be what it was. Um, no, no, In no way was your response predictable. But uh, I just feel like I, I know you well enough at this point that this was the opportunity for you to lay that out there in just that fashion. And again, uh, for those who may be appalled... About everything both of us have said since the moment that you said, let's pull back the curtain, I remind all of our hashtag dear listeners, we pull back the curtain when it's time to do so because it's the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And why wouldn't we tell the story the way it needs to be told? Absolutely, Darren. Now, here's why you're wrong, Bukini. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Hey, but real quick about the Ducks, did you see the the tweet from Jason Ayers this week? No. Jason Ayers, is a, he's a friend of mine who's a ref on SmackDown. Oh, I did! And, uh, yeah, please, yeah, he, continue. Pretty, pretty, good, pretty good friend of mine. He actually used to come over and feed the cats for me when, uh, when, when if, if we were going away for a couple of days. But great guy, and uh, he just happened to be watching part of the fest, one of the fest shows, or one of the matches on, I think he was signed in through the Progress, or Progress, uh, pivot share and he just happened to tweet it and i and i saw it and we ended up kind of dming back and forth and uh uh i'll i'll you know i'll tell you and i'll tell all of our listeners everything i just said i basically told him i said they're there's they're super unique great guys um you know willing willing to ask for again not that i'm an authority but hey what what did you think and you guys know this um hey rich what, what could we do different Okay, well, do you really want to know? This is what I would do different. But again, I I, 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 I quantify that by saying that's my opinion. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, 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 I like a certain type of indie rock, let's say, that, you know, I like a band. You don't like this band for, for whatever reason. There's definitely room room for all of that. For the Ducks, at this level, what they do, I don't really think that they need to do anything different. For TV, if they if you want to make the jump to TV, well, that's when you need to slow down and you need to you need to let things register a little bit more for TV. And they are they are too. That's another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. There's a big difference between TV wrestling and live wrestling. So we could probably spend two hours talking about that. Absolutely, sure. And I think we should one day. I think we absolutely <laughs> should one day. Sure. But I'll say this about the Ugly Ducklings, and then we'll move on. Uh, the Ugly Ducklings as an entity, as a uh, I hesitate to use the word gimmick, but uh, as the characters, the individuals, the personalities that they are, that is something that television would drastically change who the Ugly Ducklings are because we've had the Ugly Ducklings on the whole reference show. We kind of, you know, we kind of know who they are, but as as they're so in your face and they're such big characters, but 
you don't know that much about them. At a glance, you, you can't, you don't get to know them. There's a lot to know about them from looking at them, but they don't talk. They don't talk outside of, um, you know, their own YouTube shows, their own interviews, and when they do podcasts like the one they did with us. I think, imagine them on a weekly television show getting to know those characters. Uh Then you take that to the ring and you slow it down in the ring a little bit and because I think they're fascinating characters, they really are. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Coach Mikey, I, I, I'm not a huge, I'm not huge on tag teams having managers just to have a manager. But Coach Mikey is so much a part of that tag team. I could not imagine the Ducks without him. True. Uh, very similar, very similar to you know to to, to a JJ Dillon with the Horsemen. Uh, and honestly, to me, the Road Warriors aren't. They weren't the same team without Precious Paul by by their side. Two very different things. So Coach Mikey is a big part of that. And yeah, I mean, just can't. Their character work alone, you could put that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could get people to buy it, to buy into that, and to uh, to get behind them. Uh, you know, in, in, in a TV way. Wow, I hope Coach Mikey is listening. I know he is. Uh, that is some high praise, uh, the JJ Dillon, uh, especially <laughs> considering the, the we're talking to a man. We're talking to one half of the JJ Dillon show, uh, which is the champagne of wrestling podcasts. <laughs> Oh, yes, I appreciate the plug. Thank you. Oh, hey, hey, there you are. Uh, <laughs> Next up is what I presume will be the penultimate match of the evening because I assume that we will have the Pickle in the Tree ladder match as our main event, but that means the Fest Wrestling World Championship must be defended by the man who's wearing it right now. No, and it, no, no, no. You, don't even say it, Fest it, Wrestling. Did you suddenly meant this as a world title? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Okay. Uh, don't don't even, don't call him champion. Don't even acknowledge the fact that he's he's holding the belt right now, but that don't make him champion. He's the champion, man. He's got uh, a bad attitude. He's Jason Cade, but Jason Cade. Pro- I I'm gonna say Jason Cade has said a lot of things. Twitter <laughs> on Twitter, our show. Twitter is tired of Jason Cade. Our listeners may be a little tired after he <laughs> shit all over us on our very own podcast. But but, but, but to be fair, made made some accurate points as well. Okay, he's not 100% wrong. He's not 100% a pile of shit, all right? <laughs> there, there's some shit with maybe a quarter cup of red pepper. Sure, right? sure, there you go. <laughs> and uh, Jason Cade, I honestly, despite what he has to say, that it, it doesn't matter who he fights and that he hopes it's Effie. Well, guess what? It's Effie. It is absolutely and Effie. is that really what Jason Cade wants here? Does he actually want Effie to be in this position already? Because to me, Effie could never be more ready to regain this belt than he would be this Sunday. I've talked to him a little bit. He's pissed. He's hungry. He feels that, uh, you know, I, I guess quite rightfully that, that, that he's been robbed and that title means so much to him because it represents everything that Fest is, and it represents all it represents all the people that that come to see Fest. It represents everybody that makes Fest Fest, which is this weird, oddball group of of eccentric goofballs like we all are that uh, that love this thing and that love everything that this represents because we're all everybody's represented, and whether they're represented. In the best light, or in kind of a funny light, or you know, whether you know, maybe maybe you're awakened, maybe maybe there's something there that that you understand about those guys, and and, and you relate to that. 
bunch of misfit toys that are all kind of put together and you have this wonderful thing that fest is and that's what the fest wrestling title represents and effie's told me haha he feels naked without it he feels naked without that title he feels like he's let down everybody that comes to fest this is going to be a big match it's it's a very big match for both these men because like, like you just said that belt means the world to effie um and he obviously needs that back for well, obvious reasons the fest wrestling championship but more importantly, he needs to prove that he didn't lose that title, because that was a that was a, a four man dance at uh, We Are Family too. He was not the one that got pinned. He was not the one that was beaten. He was not the one that lost the belt to Jason Cade. So Effie's got to prove that he can beat Jason Cade, that he's not a loser, and Jason Cade has to prove that he can beat Effie for that championship belt. So, I mean. There's going to be a loser in this match for sure. Uh, Jason K, the better be ready for a fight, and I think he will be. You know, Perry, you, you say, you basically, you coaxed me in to saying something nice about Jason K a second ago, um, and that was really hard to do. Equally as hard uh, is some words that I exchanged with Effie about two weeks ago. Um, I was sitting around and I was thinking about what Effie how he appeared um, in the last few months. And I picked up my phone and I said, this might be the last text message I ever send him. He may never even respond to this. Um, but I texted Effie, I said, pride goeth before a fall. And I left it at that. Um, <laughs> the three dots pop up at the bottom of the text message almost immediately, but then no message. Then, so I, so I just left it there. So I'm looking at a text message that probably had some goofy shit above it from the last time we talked. But then pride goeth before a fall and then blank. Oh, here's the three dots again. And then no message. And then finally, I get a message and I'm not going to reveal what it said. All that build up for nothing? Well, I'm you, not you, going to... text message tease you? I'm not going <laughs> to reveal what it said. But, dear listeners... When I texted Effie, pride goeth before a fall, it took him a long time to respond, and I think we're going to see a glimpse of what his response really is. Not just to me, I but think, to the world I think we'll, this Sunday. We'll get to that physical manifestation of his response to your text, Darren, that's right. will be uh, engraved into Jason Cade's face uh, with <laughs> multiple lefts and rights. <laughs> You know, what we saw from Effie, what, what prompted me to send that message was what we've seen from Effie lately. Rich, you just got through saying that he told you that he feels naked. He feels like he let down the Fest family and, 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 and ruined what was a pretty glossy uh, superstar like mythos he had created in a very short time uh, in, in, in Fest wrestling, and yet... The way he acted was very different lately, and I think he knows that. And so I'm anxious to see what happens, where it goes from here. You're, you're saying his head got a little too big? I I would say that. I would say that, and I think he might say that. Sometimes it takes a setback to, you know, the old two steps forward, one step back, that that, that whole thing. So, you know, and, and you, hear, you hear teams saying this all the time, um, you know, the, the Rams just just lost recently and they were saying you know this might actually be a good thing that we lost now as we head towards the postseason 
And I, I've experienced that personally working for hockey teams in the playoffs where teams rolling along and, you know, you think you're going to clinch and you get your ass kicked. And they say, oh, you know what? That was actually a good thing because then the next game they come out and inevitably you play better. You do. It's uh, it, ha- it happens all the time. I, I don't think that that's uh, just a sports team thing. I think that applies here as well. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if humility's taught, uh, you know, a little, a little dose of humility is not a bad thing. Listen, Effie's a big character. Everybody in this is a big character. Every, every, everybody, uh, you know, you have to believe that you're the best in, in, order, in order to be the best. And sometimes, it, you know, sometimes you do need to get knocked down a little bit just to say, okay, I need to refocus and work on this or that or fix this or, or whatever. So uh, we'll see. I think this weekend's match will tell us a lot about uh, what kind of a competitor referee is. Oh, I totally agree with that, Rich. Um, I mean, when you're when you're the king of the mountain, when you're on top of the hill, there's only one direction you can go from there. And unfortunately, Effie found out even when you have it all, that means you have everything to lose. Uh, so hopefully, he can regain it. You know, I'd rather see him with the belt than the likes of that ruffian. Yeah, hopefully he'll regain it Rocky Three style, right? He gets, <laughs> he gets knocked down early so he can come back and win the belt back and beat Clubber Lang. Well, spoiler alert for those who have not seen Rocky Three yet. <laughs> you have not seen Rocky Three yet? Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Sheesh. But yeah, the, the, uh, let's learn our humility early. You don't want to be the Patriots undefeated going to the Super Bowl and then d- taking a fall for, for Eli and the Giants, the football Giants. Don't remind me. No. Fan. <laughs> so, moving on to our main event. There's going to be a pickle. It's going to be in a tree. It's going to be suspended above the ring at eight seconds. And there's going to be a ladder. There's probably going to be more than one ladder, but there's going to be one big-ass ladder for sure. And there's going to be a lot of people. A lot of now, bodies. Fess slowly released uh, the participants in this match one by one, um, although they do have pretty uh, recognizable silhouettes, so <laughs> one might could guess. But hey. Especially Ghidra. He's the only three-headed dragon in the picture. <laughs> that was the most recognizable silhouette I could think of. So. Good for you. Good Thank for you. you. So in this match, we have slowly been introduced to the participants. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, it stays in. The kid stays in the picture. Beastly. Beastly. Who else is more fast than Beastly? CJ O'Doyle, fresh off of a barbed wire dildo to the rear end. Right. So he's, he's, uh, earlier, I don't, I don't want to give this away because we hadn't gotten this match yet. We talked about CJ O'Doyle losing against Aria Blake. But now, he's at a, he's, he's a chance to win a chance in this Pickle in the Tree match. A chance to win a chance. That's uh, a... <laughs> Man, who who could ask for more? Can't win if you don't play, boys. There you go. Jamie Senegal, back in a multi-person... Crazy scramble match. It's a scramble, it's it's a ladder match, and we've seen Jamie in a match like this, in the hardcore hunt, and uh, it didn't end so well. Uh, Vandal, when we talk about Vandal getting getting angry and getting down and dirty, Jamie was uh, victimized by Vandal the last time uh, that a match like this happened. But Jamie's going to go for a chance for a chance. Chance to win a chance. A chance for a chance. And Ariel Monroe as well. Now talk about someone who has uh, captured the imagination of a fest crowd. Ariel Monroe. Damn. Yeah. And Saeed Al-Sabah. I couldn't say anything more about him that I haven't already said on this podcast. Saeed. 
even more. Yeah, so don't. Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, hey, Darren, shut up on your own podcast. Man, the, the guy who talks for a living telling you to stop talking, Darren. What does that mean? Who knows? Saeed Al Sabado. Rich knows. Uh, he's now now who's now who's not saying anything. <laughs> yes, Rich. <laughs> he's just grinning, folks. So Saeed Al Sabah is uh, going to take another another route to the Fast Championship. We know that he wants that belt. We know that he wants to be on the top of this organization. If there's one thing we know about Saeed Al Sabah, he's not afraid to take a leap of faith. He'll take one nope. any chance he can get, and again, a chance for a chance is still a chance, Darren. It is a chance, exactly. That's what Saeed is looking for. Serpentico also in this match, Ooh. another man who had Ooh. the belt within his grasp, oh, that's true. and is now looking for a chance for a chance. Serpentico, I really hope you start locking up your match. Masks, by the way, all right, because it's getting a little out of hand. People grabbing them and running in and interfering with matches, all right. So we might actually see all nine participants in this match wearing <laughs> a Serpentico match. Well, now it's all Man, I want to see wearing a mask. Yes, mask. Uh, Darius Lockhart also in this match. Now I have to say, Darius Lockhart is one of the more interesting entrants in this match. Darius Lockhart has not been. Mr. Fest by any uh, stretch of the imagination. So is this where he makes his mark? I'd say he will become Mr. Fest if he grabs that pickle. <laughs> it's still funny to me. I'm sorry. Keep going. Diamante. Diamante is in this match. Ooh. And what does that mean? That's some old school shit right there. If Diamante gets this pickle... And she's by Jason Cade's side if he's somehow able to defeat Effie on this night. Imagine the two of them walking out of eight seconds with a belt and a pickle. For those, Quite a pair. Right. For, for those uh, who don't recall, the Diamante, uh, formerly known as Angel Rose, is uh, more or less the reason why Effie no longer has that Fest Wrestling Championship belt. Uh, interfering in the match at uh, We Are Family 2, of course, and costing the match for everyone involved, except for K- Jason Cade, who actually capitalized on uh, Diamante's return to Fest Wrestling, I should say. Diamante, who you might know from Impact Wrestling, of course. Um, but the thing is, if she wins, she wins the pickle. She won't waste it. She'll cash it in on Jason Cade, and Jason Cade better fucking know that as well. I don't know. He said himself that uh, she would not do that. Uh, gold. He told us she the, would not do Darren, that. Darren, Darren, the ecstasy of gold. Has Idia Morcone taught you anything? <laughs> hey, why does she need gold when she's a diamond? Ooh. Actually, she'd be a knockout, isn't she? She is. She is a knockout. That's right. Although, I think I saw her getting arrested on Impact TV. Is that Was that the latest? So, uh, she might be... Uh, will she even be in Gainesville? Is she behind bars right now? <laughs> I see, that seems to be a recurring theme for, uh, for, our, for our Christmas shows, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's skate past that. <laughs> we will skate right into the unknown because it is unknown who the final participant in this match is. Who will be the ninth person to try and get the pickle out of the tree? We don't know. We don't know. And Fest is not telling us. No. Uh, I thought it was clever. Uh, Someone said, is it the Riddler? No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there, Darren, because I saw the picture pop up and the the, the green silhouette covered in in question marks on Instagram, and I was going to comment... 
what what is it the Riddler? <laughs> but I thought no, that's dumb. That's not gonna pop the boys. I'm not gonna put that. Serpentico puts that on on Twitter. That's right. And gets all the retweets and all the likes. And I was like, God damn it! Anywho, so everyone just know that I had that joke first. So just start liking my posts. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, good one, Serpentico. Great minds think alike. I guess I don't know. I know who the surprise guest is going to be, but I'm not going to tell you guys. Oh, thanks a lot. That, oh. that means a lot. That would, to that would, us. It would ruin the whole thing for everybody. So. That's no. right. Just, just know, just know, hashtag dear listeners, that we're friends with Rich, but he keeps us at arm's length. He he stiff arms us emotionally, um, and this, <laughs> this 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 is him to take it back to football. Listen, listen, listen. Assuming that everything goes as you know, as needed. Assuming, assuming there's no travel issues, there's no snow this weekend. I know it's supposed to snow this weekend. Assuming everybody's travel plans work out, everybody is able to get here when they're supposed to be here. Everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised. I'll just say that. Oh, I like being pleasantly surprised. Everybody will end up with a. Everybody will end up with a very large smile on their faces when they see who the uh, who the Riddler is. <laughs> when they find when they find out who the Riddler is, yes, indeed. And you know, Tony was saying he he was thinking about maybe making it a ten person match as well. Oh, so, oh wow! Well, now I so you know I, I don't geez. know whether or not that's going to happen. I don't know whether 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 Tony and that you know I don't know, he was very kind of coy about the meeting that he was going into. But I was you know through my sources was able to kind of figure out what was what. Uh, you know, assuming that all all, all the uh, all the demands have been met and all the uh, uh, the M and M's have been greened, if you will, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have we'll have some fun this Sunday. People will, people will be excited for. Uh, who, from what I've been told, that could be off the mark. He could be he could be lying to me. But uh, from what I've heard about who the surprise is going to be, people are going to be excited. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, there was a mystery person going into last year's Pickle in the Tree, which was the Fest Wrestling Champion at that time herself, Sue Young. And I know that was a huge surprise. So now going into this one, they've upped the ante. Tony Weinbender knows how to throw a party, ladies and gentlemen. And there will be not one, but two Surprises! I I can't wait for that. Uh, Rich says Rich says Tony B is being coy. You better watch out when Tony Weinbender gets coy. I know that things <laughs> can get a little weird. They can get a little coy. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Rich didn't like that one. So that's that's your lineup, folks. It's going to be one hell of a show this Sunday. Pickle in the Tree returns to now- Gainesville, Florida. That is December 9th. Get your tickets. They are on sale right now. Unless Get them you're listening, right now. Unless you're listening to the show after Sunday. Uh, in which case, check out FestWrestling.com and get your tickets today. Don't delay. It's going to be a big night of action, ladies and gentlemen. Gainesville, Florida this Sunday, 7 o'clock bell time. It might be earlier because I'm not quite sure and I haven't read the card yet. But it's a big night of wrestling action. Get your tickets right now at FestWrestling.com. Oh, nice. How was that? Wow, that was that was beautiful. Wow, that's uh We're gonna package that and send it straight to Tony. Oh nice. He he nice. can't be he can't be coy about that. Hey Tony, we tricked Rich into giving you a free promo. He'll he'll he'll, pro- he'll probably dock me for uh for not knowing what time the the show I don't know what time the show starts. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. That, that that's okay, Rich. We're gonna fix that in post production. Oh, okay, alright, good. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, that's your card, folks. Uh, I live in Gainesville, listeners. so it doesn't matter. It's fine. Right, right. I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll, you'll, right. you'll show up when you feel like showing up. That's totally fine. <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, great. Well, we hope, we, yeah, we hope that you show up at all this time. We missed you last time. Whoa, I wasn't going to bring that up, Darren. I did, I That's was. That's painful and mean and horrible. Why the, what? Okay, well, I had family. I had, I, I had, I had a very important family event that I, uh, that I was not going to miss. It just so happened that it fell on the same day as Fest. Tony got it. He, he understood. I, 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 I hate to miss a show. I really do, but, um... Yeah, my daughter's a senior in college, so there there are things that, uh, as a uh, as a good dad, that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and do. That was one of them. Hey, we oh, know sorry, that you, guys. everybody knows that you are a good wrestling commentator. They know that you are good on the microphone. We know that you're a good friend, and so now everybody knows you are also a good dad. I would never dock you in any way. I just <laughs> wanted to, of course, give you some shit. But in all reality, when you're not there as one half uh, of the voice of Fest Wrestling, it, it is missing something. I will say that. I appreciate that. I I, I think uh, you know I, I think the guys did a nice job last time. Of and, course. Uh, I, I I actually I actually got there for the last two matches. I think I jumped on for for the last match, but that was that was kind of their uh, their, their day. I'm not you know I wasn't going to drive in and say hey everybody like Krusty the Clown who shows up when the show's already being taped. Hey, I'm here. The star's here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that was kind of, that was that that was that 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 was their night. Or you know, Ron Burgundy when he shows, oh, we can do the news now. <laughs> news, right? It's not that. So I, I was I was more than happy to let those guys uh, those guys do it. And, you know, it, it, it was just fun. I, I, I had a nice day with my uh, with, with my daughter down in Tampa, and uh, and it got to catch the end of the wrestling show. But I'll, I'm going to be excited to be back on the headset ringside uh, for Pickle in the Tree three. Still blows my mind that, that it's the third one and that and that uh, that we're here uh, doing this in, in in Gainesville. It's just such a good time, and uh, I, I'm just looking forward to Sunday, guys. It will be quite an event. Fest Wrestling never disappoints, and the bar somehow gets set higher and higher every time, and it seems to deliver every single time as well. Uh, uh, Rich, again, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We always appreciate having you on our show, which, as you uh, know, a little too well. Uh, it is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Again, I apologize for Darren uh, berating you. We don't we don't shit on our, our guests unless they have it coming what? to him. No. We're like Jason Cade. He had it coming to him. Uh, so, yes, uh, do come back again. We hope to see yeah, you. Fu- yeah, fuck you, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Finally, one of our guests says it. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you this Sunday, Rich. And, of course, our dear listeners, our hashtag dear listeners, will hear your voice again sometime in the near future. And uh, until then, where can, our, where can our fans find you on social media, Rich? You can find me uh, on Twitter, at Rich Bocchini. That is uh, R-I-C-H-B-O-C-C-H-I-N-I. You'll never remember that, uh, but at Rich Bocchini, <laughs> where uh, I post from time to time. All right, well, we will see you there. Dear listeners, go check him out there, and everybody check out Fest this weekend. Hey, 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 Perry. Perry. Yes, sir? I just wanted to say fuck you, too. Oh! <laughs> well, then, for all those that are listening, especially you, Rich Bokini, thank you, Rich. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and fuck you. <laughs> see you, guys. Thank you. Big thank you once again to Rich Bokini for taking the time out and talking with us. Always a pleasure, even Maybe. though he <laughs> said "fuck you" to me and Darren. Oh, it's all—it's—it's how it's them Northerners joke. That's right. It's his fault for being a Yankee. He's a—he's one of the Yankees. 
Uh, nice Tommy Boy reference there. Uh, so that's that. Hopefully, we're going to see you folks at uh, Fest Wrestling's Pick on the Tree this weekend. One Darren can and I, only hope. One can only hope. Darren and I will both be there. We can't wait for it to happen. We'll be there uh, anticipating it. I would say that I'd be there with bells on, but then I think our dear listeners would actually expect me to be there with bells on. Someone will call you out on that, I'm, I, I'd imagine so. Although I know our uh, our good friend Charles, sweet Charles, the ring announcer for Fest Wrestling, has some sort of fanciful costume oh, uh, up his sleeve. Maybe literally up his sleeve. I mean, who knows? Okay. Okay. Uh, that he says we will all be privy to. Uh, I hope, of course, he's talking about at Pickle on the Tree 3 this Sunday uh, because he tweeted about it, and I'm really interested to see what it's going to be. One way to find out, folks, and that is to join us be there in Gainesville for Fest Wrestling. One last time, tickets on sale at festwrestling.com. Don't wait last minute. Get yourself there. Are you going to be there? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to, you can send us a Gmail, show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com, or... Or you know you can find us on Instagram, where we are always excited to share pictures of our adventures in wrestling, whether it's NXT, which we did make our triumphant return uh, to an NXT live show and had a blast, whether it's Fest, which you know will always be in attendance for, or just pictures from wrestling's glorious and bizarre past. Find us on Instagram at the whole. Ref and show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't see you this Sunday, we will be deeply saddened by that. But we hope to see you next week for another informative and fun episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Ref and Show. By the way, in case you forgot, my name is Perry Smith. And in case anybody forgot, I am the incredible badass... That is Darren Beasley. And we'll catch you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, we bid you a very fond adieu. So long. Bye-bye.